It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Titans Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, it is Tick Tack Tuesday. Now, I'm sure that everyone has been online and seen all the negativity that's going on in the Titan community at the moment. Now, I understand that there is a lot to be negative about. There are a lot of things that this team and the coaches did not do well on Sunday. It was a disappointing home loss to a division rival. There is a lot to be upset about, but being upset will do nothing for us going forward. That's why on today's Tic Tac Tuesday, I'm going to focus on four positive plays from the game on Sunday that we can look forward to as the season continues. Two are going to be on offense with some Derrick Henry runs. And then two are going to be on defense with some of the Titans' young playmakers doing exactly what they were drafted to do. In our first segment, though, we're going to start by talking about the Jalen Ramsey trade rumors, of course. And then we're going to do a little bit of the injury report review. In our second segment, of course, we'll do our Tic Tac Tuesday. And then in our third segment, we're going to do a little bit of Titans talk. And I'm going to play a few clips from some of the interviews with the coordinators and head coach Mike Vrabel today that I think were pretty interesting going forward. So we're going to be Positive Tuesday today, Titans fans. Let's get it. So let's have this Jalen Ramsey discussion. I understand the fever pitch that I've seen online once his name was official in the trade market. I love the player movement here. I know that some could argue there's arguments on both sides that player movement and player empowerment could be bad for the league long term, uh, could be short-term gains. I, I understand all the different arguments. I'm not here to get into all of that. All I know is that Jalen Ramsey trained with Titans players most of the offseason. He's from Nashville. He went on our Left Tackles podcast and expressed interest in playing here if things didn't work out in Jacksonville. Well, things aren't working out in Jacksonville. Now, I just want to make sure that we are all on the same page here. Jalen Ramsey is not going to be a free agent, and he's not really even even close to being a free agent because whoever trades for him is going to extend him. You don't trade for Jalen Ramsey without the thought of extending him. But one thing to consider is if you do trade for him, you not only get him throughout the rest of this year, but you do get him next year. For $13 million. Now that's pretty expensive compared to his previous cap hits. But uh, that is not a terrible rate for how talented of a player he is. Now he'll be an unrestricted free agent after next season. And then you'll most likely have to pay him. But at that point in time, the cap situations for most NFL teams will be so drastically different. Because of the way NFL contracts work that I don't really see that as a factor in a lot of decisions. Now, if you're a team like the Titans and you're seeing a lot of your young guys progressing and might have to be paid by then, then sure. But if you're not paying a quarterback big-time money and some of these teams that are rumored to be interested have a, a quarterback on a rookie contract, which is really the NFL cheat code. If you can have a rookie quarterback on a rookie contract give you above average production, then it gives you the ability to spend a lot of your money in your cap to fill out the rest of the roster, which I think might be the direction the Titans go. So maybe Jalen Ramsey would be a consideration. The guy is a two-time Pro Bowler and a one-time All-Pro. But like I said, with the asking price and the teams that are getting involved, you see the Chiefs as a possible front runner. The Chiefs just have so much more incentive to trade for someone like Jalen Ramsey because they're 
further along than the Titans are in the process of getting a Super Bowl. They're closer, as some would say. They did go to the AFC Championship game last year and almost almost knock off uh, one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play. So it makes sense that they would do that. What doesn't make sense is for the Titans to give up any kind of that asking price. It's possible the Titans will have to look for a quarterback in this year's draft. And if that's the case, you need to hold all the ammo that you have to give yourself a chance to go up and get your guy. So as much as I personally would love to see Jalen Ramsey, and as much as I'm not concerned about the locker room issues, I think he likes the guys in Tennessee. I think he would be happy in Tennessee being home, so I don't see that as an issue. I really don't see the contract as too big of an issue either. I think it could be managed, but really the draft capital that would be necessary to give up to get Jalen Ramsey is just not something that I see the Titans doing. Tuesday's injury report had Titans fans pretty concerned. Marcus was on there with a quad injury and was listed as did not participate. What was funny is I actually got a notification from the NFL's official application on my phone saying Marcus didn't practice. Well, that's because no one practiced yesterday. Because of the short week and going and playing on Thursday night, the Titans just did a walkthrough yesterday. So just a little glimpse into how the media will twist things or utilize certain information to suggest a narrative that's more interesting for TV product or for radio product. I mean, as a Titans content creator, it would be one of those things that's unfortunate, but a lot of people are interested in a Marcus injury. It would really get people going and, you know, brings eyeballs, creates, you know, interest. Well, I still can't use things like that and drum them up to be something more than they actually are. The only reason Marcus did not participate in practice yesterday is because there was no practice. So on to today's injury report, Marcus, full participant. We saw Malcolm Butler with a hip and Darren Bates with a groin, who were both full participants. Uh, A.J. Brown, Dane Crookshank, Jameel Douglas, Reggie Gilbert, finally, were all full participants. Nice to see Reggie finally get out on the field. The Titans most certainly need help with their edge depth. Uh, Wesley Woodyard did not participate. It shows that he has a quad, but I would say that's most likely just a maintenance day for a veteran player who is just absolutely going to know what to do. He's going to be studied up with the film. He's played Jacksonville before, so not really needing Wesley Woodyard out on the practice field every single practice to get reps when he's a vet who probably needs the rest more than the reps. So uh, Kevin Panfield still out. Who knows how long he'll be injured. It's crazy how this injury started, and we thought that it would maybe just be a week or so that he was close to returning when it's obvious as I've been saying, that it's much more serious than anybody seems to be letting on. That's going to be three weeks. Um, we may have Taylor Lewan back before we have Kevin Panfield back at this point. Chris Milton did a pretty good job in special teams last week, so sad to see him not participate with a collarbone-related injury. Hope to get more information on that. Basically, my takeaway, and as I said on Twitter, at Tic Tac Titans, I don't really see anything on the injury report that Titans fans should be concerned about, anything to cause anxiety. Everything is pretty par for the course. You would like to see Marcus not be on the injury report at all, but I would imagine on some of those unnecessary hits he took last week that he might have hit his leg, bruised quad. I don't really see anything that's going to 
prohibit him from having a typical game or anything that would limit the scheme or limit his play in this game due to that injury. So nothing really to worry about. That's going to wrap up our first segment here. Went over the Jalen Ramsey rumors, went over that injury report. Nothing that I really think should concern Titans fans. We're going to step into the film room in our next segment, do a little bit of Tic Tac Titans. Like I said, I'm going to cover four total plays, two on offense, two on defense. Keep it positive and show you guys things that I saw in the game that we should look forward to as a season progressive that we can take from this game and actually use going forward rather than just being negative, which is all I've seen since the game ended. So excited to get into that with you guys. Before we do that, I do just want to remind you that Mack Weldon is better than whatever you're wearing right now. For 20% off your first order, visit MacWeldon.com and enter promo code Locked On. If you found $100 on the street, would you pick it up or keep walking? Of course you'd take the money. So why do you keep picking winners but not betting on them? That's why I go to my bookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay you when you win. Let's face it, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. And I wouldn't be telling you guys to bet if they weren't the best. So do the smart thing. If you're going to bet football this season, bet with my bookie. Did you guys know you could bet on games after kickoff? If by the second half it looks like your bet is going to lose, you can always just take the other side. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. And no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of the year. Join now and my bookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code LOCKED ON to activate the offer. That's promo code LOCKED ON. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Matt Williamson brings the scouts perspective to the Locked On NFL podcast. You got to talk 2018 quarterbacks. Josh Allen has the best quarterback record aside from Lamar Jackson, but the lowest completion percentage other than Josh Rosen. He's just been a complete garbage for the most part when he's been allowed to play. Yeah, let's throw a couple nuggets out on Allen. And I know he's a lot bigger a lot stronger, but he kind of reminds me of early career RG3. What's kind of remarkable about Allen is he is so gifted, and he got better, I thought, this past year, which is encouraging with the anticipatory throws and the touch of his throws, but his deep ball passing is like the worst in the league. Hear Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on Locked On NFL. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts. Tick Tack Tuesday. Okay, Titans fans, so as I've said numerous times throughout the podcast, I'm going to remain positive for today's Tic Tac Tuesday rather than going over all the mistakes that you've probably already seen the team has made. Where I want to start is in the running game. I still thought that the running game was effective, and although Derrick Henry and Deion Lewis ended up splitting carries, I still think that Derrick Henry was super effective in the opportunities that he was given due to some poor coaching and just the general game flow. Really, it's the the lack of success on first and second down is what's dooming this team. This team is 3-for-20 on third down in the first two games. It's hard to keep Derrick Henry on the field when you're facing third and 10. I think Mike Vrabel mentioned that 13 
of those 20 third downs were 10 or more yards to gain. So that's something that's really, really going to hurt you. And it's going to limit the type of plays that you can call on third down, which is going to limit the amount you can get Derrick Henry out on the field. So he was 15 carries, 81 yards, 5.4 average and a touchdown. Really productive day for him. And this is one of the one of the plays that I think caused that. I got two run plays for you that are essentially the same exact play that were run in different ways, but it's something that I really want to see more of going forward. I think it really caters to the skills that Derrick Henry brings to the table. So play one, just to set the stage for you guys. It is the first quarter. There's five minutes left. It is second and one. What happens the Titans come out in 21 personnel. So as I've explained before, that I mean two running backs and one tight end. Two running backs is because McCole Pruitt is lined up in the dot. The Titans are in a basic eye formation, and McCole Pruitt is at the fullback. Jonu Smith is at the tight end. Jonu breaks backwards off the line, comes in motion towards the left side of the offense, towards Dennis Kelly and Roger Saffold, and then he breaks back to the right side where he originally was. And here's where it gets interesting. Upon the snap, Jack Conklin actually allows the defensive end to cut inside of him. He almost takes a step to the outside and invites the defensive end to cut inside of him. And as soon as that defensive end shoots inside, Conklin washes him down the line towards the inside. What the Titans do here in the backfield is what I love. Marcus doesn't do a natural handoff to Derrick Henry. It's almost like a shortened pitch play. This is a basic off-tackle run, but the Titans are doing it in a way where they're actually pitching the ball to Derrick Henry and allowing him to get a head start and a head of steam running downhill. So when he catches that pitch, he has a little bit more of a head start and a little bit more momentum than he would have based on a traditional handoff where he has to meet the quarterback at a certain spot. Marcus can kind of read where he's at and get him a nice, easy pitch. It's still close. It's not a toss. It's just like a halfback off tackle that they're pitching instead of actually handing off. And I think that caters to Derrick Henry's abilities to get going, get momentum going, get downhill. And I think that'll help him going forward. The Titans were able to gain eight yards on that play, pick up the first down, and keep the drive moving. So that's a type of play that you can't run on third and long. You need to have a successful first down to be able to run a play like that, or you need to run a play like this on first down and have success, which is what we're going to see in the next play. So play number two, very similar concept, 21 personnel. McCole Pruitt at fullback, Jonu Smith at the tight end position. They're in a regular traditional set here, though, and the motion actually comes from Corey Davis this time. So we're switching up the look so that the defense can't key on any one person's motion to expect this play. So this time, Corey Davis goes from John U. Smith's side and where the run will eventually go to, and he motions to the weak side. Now, same exact idea here. What happens upon the snap is Conklin invites the defensive end to cut inside of him. He takes the bait, and Conklin's able to wash him down. Jonu Smith at tight end has a similar procedure here where he's just looking for someone on the inside of him and washing him down. They run that nice short toss to Derrick Henry, and he's able to gain 11 yards on that play. So really successful. Now that's in quarter three with a minute 33 left. The Titans are up 17 to 13, trying to drive to basically put a stamp on the game and end the game. Unfortunately, they're not able to do that. Now that run came on first and 10. 
So it was very effective. But this is the type of thing I like to see. It's just an interesting wrinkle that Arthur Smith is calling. And while there were a lot of negatives to take away from, I think that that's one of the main positives is that play design. I really like it. I want to see it going forward. And hopefully we do see more of it. And we're able to see Derrick Henry more in the fourth quarter running plays like that so the Titans can cement their leads and hopefully stack up some victories. We're going to go ahead and talk about the defensive plays next. On to the defense. So one of the big positives that I took away from Sunday's game was how the Titans' first-round young defensive talent was able to shine and make plays when it mattered most. So there's about eight minutes left in the third quarter for our first defensive play. We'll call it play three for the Twitter thread. At Tic Tac Titans, I'll be putting the slow motion visuals of these plays, and I hope to increase the production value of those in the coming weeks. So really appreciate you guys appreciate you guys sticking with me on those. So these two plays really highlight our young defensive playmakers. Eight minutes left in the third quarter. It's first and ten on the Titans 35. So the Colts are 35 yards away from the end zone here. In field goal range, well, with Adam Vinatieri kicking currently, they clearly weren't, but they're getting closer to field goal range, and the Titans are only up by one point. So this is a really important drive, and the Colts are threatening currently. It's first and 10, and the Colts try to run a basic pool. What they have here is they have what we like to call 11 personnel. They have three wide receivers, one tight end, and one running back, Marlon Mack, in the backfield. What they have is they have Jack Doyle at tight end at sort of a wingback position, separated from the line of scrimmage, and they motion him over to the left side of the line, where I said last week they'd like to run. So they motion Jack Doyle over, bring him back to where he originally was, and then kind of run a, a pool with Jack Doyle. He, he comes back to his original side on the right side, but as soon as the snap hits, he goes all the way to the left side to try to pick somebody up as all of the Colts offensive linemen are moving right. Well, they accounted for everyone but Rashawn Evans. Now, I need you guys to tell me, we have to develop a nickname for Rashawn. I don't know whether it should be the Sheriff because of the hats that he wears and, you know, he's the, the leader of the defense, or if it should be the Shark. Rashawn the Shark kind of makes sense to me. He attacks, he smells blood, he's real physical. I don't know, just workshopping those, but you guys let me know what you think on that. Either way, what happens here is they don't account for Rashawn Evans, and he blows up Marlon Mack two yards deep in the backfield. Now, in this situation, not only are you setting the Colts behind the sticks, but you're also moving them further back out of field goal range. This is a huge play. Now, you limit what the Colts can do. It's basically what's happening to the Titans offense. We're having such little success on first and second down that it makes it a really long and nearly impossible conversion. We did that to the Colts here in a super critical situation. So Rashawn Evans is able to blow up that run. The literal next play, the very next play, the Colts are looking to probably get you know a pass off here. It's second and 12 because of the loss. They most likely can't run another run play. They want to make sure they get a decent chunk to have a third and manageable. So they go to shotgun. On the snap, it looks like the Titans may be in man coverage. Logan Ryan and Malcolm Butler are on the left side with two Colts, three Colts wide receivers are over there, and they have a safety, Kenny Vaccaro, shadowing. Upon the snap, Brissett looks like he sees man, and he expects to go 
to the Colts slot receiver, T.Y. Hilton, underneath for, you know, it would most likely be a six to seven yard gain, which is exactly what they would want on second and 12. Give them a third and manageable from about the 30, 31 yard line. Even if they're stopped, they have a chance to get a field goal. Well, this is where one of the young playmakers of the Titans makes its makes his biggest difference. Harold Landry is putting pressure on Brissett. Brissett knows now he sees the coverage and knows that T.Y. Hilton's not open for a short completion. Harold Landry's putting pressure on him. He attempts to pump fake to get away from the pressure of Landry. When he's trying to regather the ball after the pump fake, he fumbles it. Landry's able to jump on it, give the Titans possession of the football at the 45-yard line, only 55 yards away from a score that could potentially put the Titans up by eight points. Now, the Titans' offense wasn't able to capitalize in most situations. Here, they're able to get a field goal. That's not enough. Uh, The Titans' offense obviously was not able to do enough, but just really, really impressed. Have a lot of optimism about the young Titans playmakers on defense stepping up when it matters most as they were able to do in this game. So as big of a game as it was and as bad as it hurts to lose, some of the Titans' biggest performers, at least on defense, were able to make the impact that was necessary. So really hope you guys can have some positivity coming out of this segment, some things schematically that the Titans did that we can all look for and look to going forward. That's going to do it for our Tic Tac Tuesday segment. Follow me at Tic Tac Titans on Twitter, and I'm going to be posting some more breakdowns and some slow motion video for you guys to identify exactly which plays I'm talking about and get a visual representation of that. So I will have that up later tonight after the show is posted. In our final segment, we're going to do a little bit of Titans talk. I'm just going to give you guys a couple snippets from the interviews that were conducted to get today. I think it's valuable information for you guys and the coaches will shed a little bit of a light on some of the issues that they see and some of the things that need to happen going forward. Hey, we all love a night out, whether it's seeing our favorite band in person or being in the crowd to cheer on our favorite team. With the Vivid Seats Rewards Loyalty Program, you can attend the concert or show of your choice and actually earn credits towards your next live event. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all live events that you actually want to go to. You could sort by price. You could even look up individual seats or specific rows that you want to sit in, and it's all done in the Vivid Seats app. To make things even better, Vivid Seats now has a loyalty program that allows fans to earn credit back. Vivid Seats Rewards. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app now. Fans are automatically enrolled in the Vivid Seats Rewards Loyalty Program and will enjoy credits on all their purchases as part of the Vivid Seats Rewards. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater shows and more, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app and join Vivid Seats Rewards Loyalty Program today. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats app help you get your tickets. Enter promo code KICKOFF at checkout and you'll receive up to a $100 discount. Once again, enter promo code KICKOFF, and you can get up to a $100 discount on your first purchase. First, we are going to get some quotes from Titans defensive coordinator Dean Pease. Second, we will hear from Titans offensive coordinator Arthur Smith. And lastly, we will hear from Titans head coach Mike Vrabel. All of these quotes are courtesy of TitansOnline.com. Well, it's the same thing. To me, the biggest nemesis we've had in the first game has just been tackling. Um, it, it, it showed up a little bit in the first game, but didn't show up as much in, as 
critical as it did in this last game. Um, you know, we really, I thought we played the run very, very well until we give up the big run, which we miss a tackle and we get out of position, and that's what happens when they break one on you. And then, uh, but then the other part of it was we just, we missed too many chances for sacks, opportunities to get the quarterback. I mean, we, we had a chance to sack this guy more times than we sacked Cleveland, and we just, it, he got out of there. You know, some, to his credit, he did a good job of scrambling, but also, you know, we got to do a better job. I mean, we had him in the grasp easily three or four times and just, and, and he got out. And so, you know, that's, you're never going to be a good run defense or, or good overall in yardage if, if you miss tackles. Well, part of, the, part of it is a little bit is that in a in couple instances, um, you got to be, you got to know when to try to maybe strip the ball and then a time not to strip the ball. There's time just to tackle the guy. You know, first of all, you got to make the tackle, and then as you're making the tackle, if you can get the ball out, that's what you got to do. What happens is sometimes you go in there and you see the ball somewhere and you go for the ball, and then you end up missing the tackle and the guy ends up slipping out on you. So we just got to do a better job when we got them in the grasp of getting them on the ground. If we get the ball out, that's a bonus, but we got to make sure we get them on the ground. <laughs> you really think I'd tell you what we're going to do? <laughs> I mean, seriously? No. You just look. You just got to look at the guy and say, what is his his athletic ability? What what is he good at? Uh, the guy's a very very good athlete. They do a good job, I think, getting the ball out quick. Um, we just got we got to do what we do. You know, in all honesty, uh, you get too caught up in all that kind of stuff, and sometimes those guys can make you look pretty bad. I think the biggest thing we got to do is we just got to be sound. We got to be able to stop the run, first of all. They can run the ball. They got one heck of a tailback and a good offensive line. So the number one thing that we got to do is if we don't stop the run, the other, the rest of the quarterback thing won't matter. So that we got to earn the right to rush, and that means we got to stop them on first and second down and get them into third down and then see what happens after that. But you know, when you when you don't have a lot of background on anybody, then what you got to do is you got to rely on what you do. You know, it's got to be more of what we do than it is about him. Because what are we going to say about him? We don't we don't have a lot of stuff that we can say on him. So they can change it up. And you know, I have no idea what they're going to necessarily do with him or, or how they're going to uh, attack us. So we just got to do what we got to do. Well, I mean, I think you take that. Look, we obviously we, you want to be better. You look at that, and I kind of compare it to this. Like, we've scored points in a lot of the drives. We've scored points. We actually haven't had third downs that we've been uh, helped out by penalties. That's obviously an area we need to get better on. We want to sustain drives. Obviously, we want more chances in the red zone. And we got to go. I mean, we got to take another step. I mean, we're behind the count at a lot of those. Um, we got to do a better job of not being in third and ten plus. So to be in more manageable situations but that starts with first second down I can do a better job calling plays there and the thing is it, it, it wouldn't matter if we had gone 19 for 20 I mean we got to take a step we got to take an improvement you go back and look in 2011 I, I'll never forget this you know you go four weeks and I think we we're the top rated defense in the league and obviously we go play Pittsburgh and Houston and we get and things change in a heartbeat so I think as you take a step from week one to week two and as we keep progressing I think we're always going to take a look at ourselves good or bad, and see what we can do to improve and, and evolve as an offense. Yeah, I think, you know, we've got a lot of versatile players, and we, we try to be multiple with our personnel groups, and, you know, everybody's 
built differently, and, and, and it just depends too how we're trying to play that that game as a team. You know, there's certain weeks where you, you know, you may say, hey, we gotta we gotta open this thing up, and you know, you don't have to throw it a bunch, or you may say, hey, we we know what our issues are in this spot, and we're we're trying to stay away from this scheme or this player, and we we try to put ourselves in the best chance to win the game as a team. Well, th- th- those numbers will change week to week, and, and a lot of it too. I mean, if we if I do a better job of calling plays on third down, we stay on the field. I think you'd see more reps at Derek. I mean, Dion's going to be out there on third down. You get more snaps in two minutes before the half and then in the game. So then those numbers get skewed a little bit. I mean, there's a lot of things you you, you wish in hindsight. Uh, sure, I mean, you, if you got momentum on certain things, and but no, I mean there there's there's personnel packages that we have going set in. So again, I can do a better job of making sure that I call the, the things for for Derek or any of our players to make sure we're more successful. But that starts with me. Whatever the outcomes were in those previous games, they're not going to have any bearing on the game on Thursday. Um, we know that. We believe that. Um, so it's just a short week that we have to to get turned around quick and, and, and get, understand the details and, and get the game plan in all three phases and, and get ready to go on the road. I think this is a guy that's um, you know, stepped in at, at, at Washington State after, after Luke finished up a, a great career there. Um, was ready for his opportunity. I think he's ready for this opportunity. He's, he wants to be aggressive. He, he'll scramble around. He's a good athlete. Um, that's quick release. This would be a good challenge for him. Um, I mean, I think that you have to make you know, points of emphasis and things that uh, you want to improve on. Um, you know, I'm not sure what the balance is. I'm not sure what the um, – you know, it's not like um, a panic. I don't think we try to panic. I think we just try to coach. We just try to point out – um, things that can make us better and improve, um, you know, the players' chances of doing their job. I think it's important that we continue our preparation. Our preparation will need to lead up all the way until, um, you know, pregame warm-ups uh, start, you know, really, because we don't have the opportunity to, you know, work our, our normal, you know, what would be day before the game here at home. And in, in a short week, those are still critical hours and that we continue to, to use the time when we travel to study on the plane to when we get there, um, have, have really good meetings. And then, you know, Thursday, continue that process. And so uh, this, this will be something that'll, that'll lead us all the way up to pregame warm-up. I was a phys ed major at Ohio State, so cost-benefit analysis, is, I'm struggling with that one. Are there times you'd rather not chip, get the receiver out, get the throw out? Yes, but unfortunately that would not apply on third and ten. And we had talked about yesterday. Uh, Teresa, you remember how many of our third downs were third and 10 plus? 13. Uh, thank you. Okay, so at least somebody's paying attention. But that would be, that, if we can get to that, those situations where we're staying consistent on first and second down and we're staying efficient, then, yeah, then you have the opportunity to, you know, get five guys out, get, you know, I mean, get guys out quicker because you don't need um, as much yardage. But, you know, if it's third and 10 and we throw a three-yard route, um, you know, then I'll have to answer questions about why we threw a three-yard route on third and ten. So that was defensive coordinator Dean Pease, offensive coordinator Arthur Smith, and head coach Mike Rabel. We went ahead and covered all the Jalen Ramsey trade talk, went over the injury report for Thursday's game, stepped into the film room for Tic Tac Titans, where we went over the positives 
coming out of the loss to Indianapolis. Went ahead and did some Titans talk and let you hear all of the coaches' interviews from today and the pertinent answers that they gave. Really excited to move forward with tomorrow's show into the Jacksonville game and put this game behind us. We will do crossover Wednesday tomorrow. Barring any technical setbacks, we will have the hosts of the Locked on Jaguars podcast on the show. Really excited to do that. I will talk to you guys tomorrow. I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked on Titans. Thanks for listening to the Locked on Podcast Network, but why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite NBA team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.